everyone. Welcome to Trust the Trail. We are your outdoor guides, Ariane Petrucci and Scott Jans. This is episode 193, Recon for the Recreational Rookie. This is the second part of a two-part series on the saturation of our trails by novice hikers. We discussed in our last episode what new hikers are experiencing and how this increased saturation is causing a deeper ripple effect. Are there solutions that can be done to support the increased interest and education? And what would that look like? Get talking about this topic. Join in on the discussion on our Facebook group page. Just go to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash trust the trail podcast and start the conversation. Come hang out with us and be part of our community. So we are live in Yellowstone National Park where the other day we had a close up and personal grizzly sighting. We were in the van scoping things out and driving along the road, and we had a grizzly decide to walk towards the van. Uh, he was just doing his thing. It was really cool to watch. I rolled down the window to remind him that uh, due to COVID-19, six feet of social distancing is required if he has not been vaccinated. He quickly turned around and pooped in the woods. <laughs> So that was really cool. It was really cool to see. Uh, We're going to be here for two months. So if you'd like to explore with us while we are here, check out the events page. We have three different events for camping, backpacking, and experiencing both Yellowstone and the Grand Tetons. Just go to trustthetrailpodcast.com slash events. We have campground reservations in the park. We have everything. It's all set. It's all set to go. All you guys need to do is show up. So, And if you want to go backpacking with us, we're doing two pretty cool backpacking trails. Uh, We have partnered with Aaron Owens Mayhew of Backcountry Foodie. The Backcountry Foodie can offer you meal plans for your next backpacking adventure that can meet your specific food needs. After all, she is a registered dietitian and an avid backpacker herself. Both Aaron and Trust the Trail podcast understand how important nutrition is on the trail. Just go to backcountryfoodie.com and use the promo code TRUSTTHETRAIL and get 20% off of their membership services. Backcountry Foodie also offers our listeners who go on our backpacking trips with us specific one-on-one meal planning as part of our adventure backpacking trips, which includes Yellowstone and the Galician Custer National Forest, which is where Beartooth Mountain is. It's very, very pretty out here, you guys. Um, Also, make sure that you get on our email list so you don't miss out on any important info. We put uh, uh, a lot of trip info in there, and we also do specific write-ups for our email list subscribers. So, yeah, very, very excited to be here. Oh, I mean, Yellowstone has been a highlight of our year so far. It's absolutely stunningly gorgeous and the wildlife is just ridiculously abundant as are the novice hikers (laughs) There there are a lot of people out here but you know the one thing about yellowstone is you know um you're 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 gonna be in your car most of the time and as um we see there's so much wildlife out here and after seeing the grizzly i'm not so sure uh, sometimes you just want to just spontaneously get out of your car and hike by yourself (laughs) um always good to hike with partners out here for sure and carry bear spray (laughs) 
<laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that is true. True, true, and true. Uh, so to recap uh, last week's episode uh, or our latest episode, you know, we really did talk about the surge and the uptick of uh, novice hikers uh, due to a two-part kind of situation, both COVID being one of them, but also a general increase. Uh, so definitely go listen to that 192 Rise of the Recreational Rookie. Um, we also kind of talked, uh, alluded to episode 150 from forever ago. Um, will the outdoors be the new normal and which we kind of talked about in prep for that. Um, and that's what we're seeing right now. And and there has been this like major increase in exploration uh, by many people that are becoming interested in the outdoors for whatever reason and in a variety of reasons. Um, we also talked a lot about how, you know, the largest percentage of hiking related injuries or even deaths are attributed to lack of experience, lack of knowledge, poor physical condition, which all kind of leads to unpreparedness. Yeah. And I think, you know, we want to make this clear that, you know, everybody deserves to go outside, you know, novice hikers, beginners, uh, people that don't know what they're doing. I mean, yeah. It outside is not some sort of special invite. You know, anybody can go experience these things, experience what nature has to offer. I think what we're seeing is that um, as people are rushing to get outdoors and rushing to go camping and rushing to hit the trail, there's uh, a lack of um, information that somehow is being missed by the time they say, hey, let's go hiking. And then all of a sudden they're on the trail. And that there's some sort of, a, uh, I think, a little bit of a disconnect. And unfortunately, um, what people find out the hard way is that, and with anything, we talked about this in our last episode, is that experience does come with practice. The more you do it, the more experience you get, and the more knowledge you get. Um, but for first timers, that, and, and you know, there are a lot of people that say, I'm going to go hiking, I'm going to go camping, and then that's it. I'm not doing it again. And I think that's where in lies we see a lot of people this year uh, doing that for the first time. And uh, for most, it goes well. But for some, it does not go well. And I think we kind of want to start out with, you know, Ariane um, had some kind of some really cool information about search and rescue that I think is a really good way to kind of lead off this topic and then get into the you know, kind of get into the weeds about what the solution might be. Yeah, so I came across, I've been kind of doing some, uh, I've been really interested in reading articles about, uh, you know, 2020 and and the effects that it's had. And and in most cases, you know, data is very, very delayed um, in getting to, uh, you know, the mainstream information out there. And, And if I if I dug dug deep, uh, you know, you would probably be able to find, uh, you know, a lot more. But when you're talking specifically about search and rescue, um, you know, each area has their own, I don't want to say version of it, but their own entity. And they are regulated by, you know, different regulation of that area or uh, different, uh, you know, different impacts that are going to affect them. And so search and rescue by far um, you know, has, uh, it's really a, like a, a, a source of volunteers that come together. Some are funded. Um, many are based off of, 
you know, funding for that uh, to be able to to come up with. And so search and rescue over, over, you know, if you're going to generalize it, um, you know, they've been, they have been seeing an increase. And so I I came across this article by uh, the author is Alex Brown of P.E wtrust.org. And I thought it was a really, really good article uh, to throw out there because it really does talk about some major components of what they're seeing about a surge in uh, uh, rescue needs. And can search and rescue remain sustainable uh, based off of what they're starting to experience? Yeah. And one of the things about search and rescue that I think people um, forget, and I forget this, is that search and rescue is usually your part of your local um, police and fire department. Now, in rural areas where a lot of backpacking is, you know, within national forests, within national parks, some national parks have their own search and rescue like the Grand Canyon does. But for the most part, in up where we are, uh, <laughs> you'd be screwed. <laughs> Um, search and rescue isn't in every single county. In rural areas, sometimes they're shared. Sometimes counties share search and rescue. Um, so funding, you know, search and rescue is probably one of the uh, few agencies that very generally cross uh, borders, cross uh, municipal, uh, municipal county borders, townships, um, you know. Um, and, and, and so it's not very, it's not uncommon for two counties to share one 911 dispatch and for counties to share uh, one search and rescue, police and fire. So, um, and you know, like out here is a perfect example. It is so vast and it is so big that, you know, if you call the county sheriff's department, well, you know, sit down, you'll be waiting two hours for them to arrive. And, and so for, you know, funding for search and rescue, um, is really dicey because there could be a lot of different municipalities trying to fund one search and rescue. When that funding goes away, because these counties don't aren't they don't have a lot of money, um, and we'll get into that a, a, in, a, in a minute. That these volunteers are actually using their own gear. Yeah, and so it, that was a large part of what this article really was addressing. Is um, you, you guys, everybody has seen. Uh, now that things are beginning to open up more generally speaking, everyone's seeing that, you know, help is hard to get. And it's no different at the bare bones basic of it. It's absolutely no different in this field as well, because COVID really placed a lot of restrictions on them. And then equally to that, uh, they had to limit uh, their in-person training. So training has then turned into more of a remote learning, uh, which is very difficult to, to do when you're talking about scenario-based specifics. Yeah. And I think that's one of the ripple effects that, you know, is the crux of the show is that, you know, search and rescue, they need to be trained. The trainers can't get to that area, you know, because um, they can't get um, you know, uh, transportation because, you know, they don't have any transportation personnel. I mean, it, it's a ripple effect um, that COVID has really kind of caused. And as all these, all, all these people flocking to the outdoors, it does create a lack of personnel to handle the influx of, of everybody coming outside. 
Yeah, and I, I, you know, this article talked a lot about, you know, um, how they're having to readjust their systems and training and how they're struggling to find younger new volunteers to kind of take over that workforce, uh, which the pandemic forced a lot of the um, more experienced personnel to kind of stay at home because they were perhaps more high risk. Um, and so there were just this enormous ripple effect. And now it's becoming harder and harder because as as people are not being able to fund their own gear or perhaps have the intense flexibility it takes to be part of a search and rescue team where you are at a moment's notice able to just go and leave for days on end. Um, and so this article was just a really, really good look at the logistical side of uh, the increase of demand on them and the difficulty in trying to source the new development and the training to be able to field not only your basics of COVID, uh, I'm sorry, your basics of uh, needed search and rescue, but the surge and the, the quantity of specific search and rescue calls um, that are coming in more frequently um, and not only more frequently, but coming in for more minor occurrences. And I also read another article uh, that really talked about what search and rescue uh, found frustrating. And a lot of it is, is relying on beacons or relying on GPS data and not realizing how remote these locations are that they're trying to access. And that's causing this enormous impact on just your basic minor need for rescue or need for assistance and aid in getting back to your vehicle. And it's and it's just causing this compound effect on them in which now they there just is simply not enough resources to be able to meet that demand. Yeah. And that's that's one of the huge uh, ripple effects that we want to talk about is that um, as you know, we, we can argue all day about, you know, social media and the impact it has and, um, you know, people GPSing, um, and we've talked are, about it yeah, and talked tagging, about it and talked about, about it <laughs> a thousand times. But one of the, one of the, the things that we do see is that as technology becomes more and more prevalent in the outdoors and it is become readily more available to hit the help me please button you know, or I fallen and I can't get up, you know, like this isn't life alert type of button, you know, you're not going to get, you know, a little, instant gratification. you're not going to get an ambulance pulling up in your driveway in 10 minutes, you know, you're not going to get an OnStar button saying, oh, I've seen you have a car accident, help is on the way, you're in the wilderness, I mean, it may take them three days to even find you, and they do have your GPS location, so some of these areas are very, very remote, and when the, the false sense of security where um, newer hikers or less experienced hikers, um, which they have every right to be on that trail, every right. Um, but when they hit that button because, well, ooh, which way do I go? Or I think I have a blister. Or, you know, um, uh, you know, whatever the case is, whatever that case is, you're, you, 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 you know, novice hikers need to know that do you, that little button that you push is costing that county municipality or that uh, police and fire, wherever that search and rescue team is stationed, it is costing them thousands 
and thousands of dollars and in personnel time. So as technology gets better and we love it, right? But it also dumbs us down a little bit. Well, it also has a ripple effect. And I think that's what we're saying is that, you know, it's great that thousands and thousands of more people are experiencing the outdoors for the first time. But there is a ripple effect. And the ripple effect can be almost as hazardous as thousands of new people hitting the trail itself. So um, and and I think that was one of the articles that I got was that. Yeah, you know what? Everyone's bringing the spot tracker. Everyone's drinking the. Everyone's bringing the um, uh, the uh, uh, the. I forgot the name of the other GPS. Um, I'm sure someone on our uh, listen listening will tell us. Um, but you know they're hitting that button pretty regularly um, because you know they follow the social media posts or they oh, I want to go up on that edge or I want to go up on that cliff or I want to go and see that cave or you know what whatever that 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 is and all they do is they they go where that person goes or whatever they're following on social media and they don't plan and prepare they don't know what they're doing and then all of a sudden they've got a little service and they're like well i don't know what i'm doing i don't know where i'm going this is too hard i need help hit hit the button you know the next thing you know search and rescue spending 48 hours trying to find you well you know a lot of that is you know it appears to be very easy to get to because a a lot of postings and social uh driven uh interest isn't necessarily highlighting the effort and the intensity of 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 the point a to you know G. <laughs> um, and it just jumps, you know, to the end result. And, and so risk versus reward is not necessarily in the forefront any longer. And it's more reward versus, oh, crap. <laughs> yeah. But, but, you know, and, and, and we all we've all been there, we've all done things like this. And, and I'm, I know that with the increase of interest, there will be a certain percentage that will never attempt it again, or are only doing certain specific um, ideal hikes or bucket list things, or you know GPS tracking to 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 see this one this one post that they want to see, this one remote location. Uh, but you are going to. It'll be interesting to see long term effects to see how you know the interest will bring a certain percentage of people that will become addicted to it and will gain that knowledge and will gain that experience and education and and hopefully then ripple down that effect of of educating and and teaching you know their experience to others and that makes it you know an even grander you know number of people that are uh you know really do understand uh mother nature at its rawest form and being able to adapt to the variances of what she throws at you when you're out there. Well, I th- I think that's the that's the larger issue is the there is no real um main resource to go to for novice day hikers or backpackers to go and get the true scope of the deal for I mean, there's a ton of apps out there. There's a ton of websites out there. But when it comes to like, you know, real information that and that that somebody new can connect to, um, you know, like one of the things I see all the time is like, you know, there there are, there are probably 
a hundred apps out there that will tell you, you know, what the topography is and how hard the trail is. And they give you a little difficult rating or moderate, you know, you know, and, and, and these people that are writing reviews to the apps, you got to remember that's all in perspective for them. You know, like Ariane could write one review on a trail that she thinks sucks I could do the trail right behind her and write the review that it was the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. So what kind of, is that actual, is that actual, um, you know, data? Is that, is that, is that going to give a new person experience to make the right decision to go? And so you're just reading reviews, you know, like, oh, the trail was really hard. Well, you know, what does that mean hard? Does it mean that you're going to go up, you know, 5,000 feet and it's going to be 85 degrees uh, down. And by the time you get up, you'll be freezing. And, you know, you don't really realize that until you did not bring the right um, apparel. So I think, I think there needs to be a little bit more um, as far as, okay, I want to go hiking. And, you know, one of the, one of the big things that I get uh, when we're on, because um, I, I talk a lot about um, Clubhouse. I'm on that Clubhouse app, and we have conversations all the time with everybody from around the world. And one of the biggest questions that I get when um, I'm, 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 you know, I'm having a room is that I want to go hiking, but I don't know where to go. Where do you live? Los Angeles. Where do you live? I, I mean, these and they're they're major metropolitan cities. Some of them all over the world. I don't know where to go. Now, now, my question is, where does that disconnect from? I mean, Los Angeles, my God, you've got the Joshua Tree an hour away, you know, for hiking and backpacking and, you know, experiencing a national park. You know, where's that disconnect? Like, I want to go hiking. I don't know where to go. Um, and, and then once you do go, that I think is where the problem in lies, because if you've got, you know, 100, 200, 300, 5,000 people asking that same question, you know, where my question is, where the heck is leave no trace? You know, where are they in all of this? They seem to be hiding under a rock. Um, leave no trace Literally, they are so good at not leaving a trace that organization is <laughs> completely hidden. Well, you know, I think it's like, okay, well, here are the principles. Good luck. Good luck out there. This is what we recommend. You know, so, I mean, and they are nowhere to be found during the onslaught of people. You know, yeah, they, 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 they have a little Twitter. You put a little tweet, you know, you know, hey, everybody, uh, just make sure you pick up that garbage out there, you know, and people are like, Dude, I'm trying to survive. I forgot water. I'm wearing black and, uh, you know, um, I'm climbing uphill, you know, um, things like that. I, I feel they're they should have a much bigger voice um, and really be t and really taking the lead. Um, and and along with Leave No Trace being completely non-existent. Where are all the PSA announcements from Andrew Skirka and all these famous outdoor people that could easily do a PSA announcement without, you know, saying, um, you know, uh, buy the 10 best backpacking tents uh, on my website, 
you know, why can't they just do a volunteer PSA PSA announcement in conjunction with Leave No Trace? You know, to say, hey, plan and prepare and have one person do plan and prepare. You know, one high uh, profile person doing, you know, um, you know, food safety and, and things like that. You know, that, that could be a volunteer situation. Leave No Trace gets their money from the National Park Service, from the government. They're not for profit. They get it from donations. They can afford to kind of, you know, give these guys a little, uh, you know, a little gift you know, for doing a PSA announcement, where are the, are those people, you know, but they're the first people that are, you know, kind of like whining and complaining because there's so many people out on the trail and it's making an impact on the trail. Well, yeah, there is. Why don't you get up and, and say something? That's what, that's my little, that's my little rant right there. <laughs> this rant has been sponsored by. <laughs> <laughs> there's a podcast is not. Uh, complete without one of Scott Jans's rants. No, I, okay. Now I, over the last, uh, year or so I have begun following, um, a larger, higher profile, uh, uh, grouping of, of individuals. And, and I will say, uh, specifically Andrew Circa, Andrew Circa has actually done a few really good PSA announcements out there. I, I okay? can, I can tease. So, I've talked to him on Twitter. He probably doesn't know who I am, but you know, he was on the I, truck. I actually uh, was impressed by some of, of, of what that was, but, but I do agree. Now, if you, if you look on the flip end of that, uh, I also follow the Grand Canyon National Park Service, right? On Instagram. And out of all the national parks that I follow, I have to say the Grand Canyon by far takes the cake in trying to educate uh, the, the 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 masses on uh, trying to be a little bit more less ignorant about things. So I because I, it's life and death in it, the in, gra- in the Grand Canyon. It There's is. no room for oops, I made a mistake. Right. You know that oops, I've made a mistake. You know that's probably going to mean you're you're clinging to life out there. Now the Grand Canyon does have more funding and more structure in their search and rescue teams because they have their own search and rescue exactly. in the park. Right. So, but but I have seen an increase, and I and I and I love the development of what they've done over the the past two years, specifically in that you know they they are they are very vocal about when things go wrong and they're very 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 vocal about uh kind of alerting people this is what happened this is the reason it's happening and be aware because this is real life and it can happen to you and we're warning you warning you warning you but go enjoy our lands but do it responsibly and i and i think that they've taken on a a a a very uh humanistic approach to people love when things go wrong, people love to gravitate towards the the news reporting of, oh, my God, this person's been eaten by a bear. And that you know what I'm talking about? Oh, my God. The click, right. the clickbait on Facebook ads but, when when a hiker gets lost <laughs> or, you know, has a, and has the, a bear attack. It, it's it's sensational. I mean, the clickbait is unbelievable because that is what people want to go to and it's unfortunate because it's still such a small small percentage um however i will i will say this that the more people go outdoors with that are that do not the more people that go outdoors that are novice and don't understand fully 
the impacts they have on wildlife, the more bear encounters we are going to have. So, and I see that a lot with Appalachian Trail through hikers that don't understand that because there's food all over these shelters, they're shocked and awe that one of the shelters was having uh, an insane amount of bear activity. You know, I'm like, well, yeah, there's food all over. Of course they're having bear activity. Well, we've had a, the, you know, the rangers uh, have had to close this shelter down because of bear activity. Well, the, you know, chickens are coming home to roost when it comes to that. And so the, the more, and, and I think that's the crux. I think that's the ripple effect of, you know, of, of, of hikers and outdoor enthusiasts, day hikers, people going out that, and, and, and again, I'll say this again with, they have every right to be out there, every right. No one ever should be turned away from anything they want to, they want to do with the outdoors. No one. However, there is a disconnect from what is your impact and here's why. See, it's not a matter of knowing the principles of Leave No Trace. It's not enough knowing that, you know, I probably shouldn't put bread in my mouth and try to feed a bear. It, it, it's why. Why is that bad? Why is geotagging really remote locations and sending thousands of your people because you're an influencer? Why is that probably not a good idea? Not for them, but for the entirety as a whole for the impact it has on everything and the ripple effect. So I, I think it's not enough about, you know, knowing the rules or, or, you know, you know, the, the little, you know, well, you know, you know, leave no trace. It's why, why is that important? And, and what, by ignoring it or not knowing it, what, what damage could you be doing by not knowing I think that's really kind of what the, you know, the gig is. I would, you know, we're, we're trying to, we're trying to talk about solutions, um, if any, that, you know, that can be, you know, is this a short term effect due to COVID? Is this an increased long term? And I think it's, it's a long term impact. I think that we may see a slight decrease over the next like two years, but I don't think long term we're going to see decreases. I think it's only going to continue to increase in numbers. Uh, the interest of of novice or even you know inexperienced people continuing in the outdoors and 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 that will lead obviously to experience. But I would like to see. Now we're struggling for funding in general. We're struggling for, um, you know, education in general to keep up with the impacts of of this domino effect. But I, I would like to see more. Okay, you have you have a a, a police. Uh, okay, this is completely off subject, but you have your undercover cops, right? I would like to see more of that out on the trails. What? No, not cops. I would like to see like un undercover educators out on the trail. Okay, 
this is a wild idea, but think about this. Okay, so we we the the park services these populated trails. There's not enough funding to to have people like stationed at different seg points to make sure that uh, hikers are okay, their safety, and they don't turn into what would be a rescue effect, right? Yeah, that's what right. we need: people hiding in the brush no, and, not- and, <laughs> and camouflage and leaves to pop up as you're hiking. I don't, I don't quite mean that. I mean, <laughs> okay, why? Well, maybe that visual. Okay, in my in my mind, I'm just talking about hikers. Uh, that are out there. <laughs> okay, it sounds like a wild idea. In my head, it made sense. Um, undercover hikers that are there to assist and educate and support the general public. Yeah, you know what? We already have that organization. About- it's called Leave No Trace, <laughs> and they don't go hiking. Well, okay, they drive around on their Subarus. If they'd get out on the damn trail and talk to through hikers and and do exactly i don't think they have to wear camouflage i'm not talking about but <laughs> i don't know, want anybody hiding and in bushes scare the pejeebies <laughs> out of people this is this is why you never hike alone in the woods you have people popping out at you that is not the visual that i was trying to create i i suppose i would like to see um, you know, perhaps even, you know, we could be included in that the individuals out there supporting uh, and and kind of kind of having the back of people that are uh, less experienced. And it and this is not coming off sounding like a great idea. But in my head, once I form uh, this initial concept, it's going to work well. All right. Look, I'm going to give you <laughs> I'm going to solve this in three steps. OK. I'm going to solve the whole problem in three steps. Step one, Leave No Trace coughs up some money and does a social media campaign with influencers of social media. That means celebrities, big time, uh, well-known hikers or outdoor enthusiasts to do PSA announcements on social media, on Instagram and Facebook, TikTok, boom. Step number two. They get off their ass out of their Subaru and get out on the trail and start educating people in these big, gigantic trailheads where they say the problem is, right? They could get out of the car and actually get out there and hike. Third, and this is the final one. Yes, I will. I Yes, the White House can hire me to run the whole thing um, for our national park system, our national forest. I can be in charge of everything and I'll, I'll fix it. I will, I will fix it. They can just, they can just cough up some money and, uh, and, uh, and, and pay me to do it. I'd be, I'd be more than happy to do it. Or you too could, uh, create, uh, your hidden shrub tree and pop out on unknown hiker. <laughs> that is scary. Uh, uh, that really went south on me, but the, the uh, you know, there is not one easy solution to the problem because the the impacts are so enormous and there are so many regulation and rules that do enforce on these different entities that are out there to educate but and i and i and i think the true i do believe that the true uh solution is you know, through these influencers, through these social medias, through, um, you know, making, finding that target 
uh, uh, audience or finding that target mark that the audience is really seeking? Where are they finding this information that is getting them interested in the first place? Target that and now you have your source of education. I'll do everything, but I'm not lip syncing on TikTok. <laughs> that is, I draw the line on that. But everything else, I will do. I'll take one for the team. Um, well, I think there's a balance. I think the ripple effect is this, is that you you can't, you know, you, we, you can't say, hey, everyone go outside and not have a ripple effect to what um, other uh, that cause other issues that impacts the very same thing you're trying to protect. You know, you, you can't say, Hey, everyone go outside, which everybody should be going outside. Everyone should. And, and that's not the point. People have every right to go outside. Everyone, everyone rich, poor. It makes no difference. Everyone deserves to go outside, but have a plan when they do, you know, and, 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 and look at the common sense approaches of like, okay, well, you know, our national park uh, our tenants, it's going to be increasing by 25% this year. Millions more people are coming to our national park. What's the plan? Well, I don't know. Let's uh, maybe a uh, better traffic control. No, that's not the plan. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's have a good leave, start. Have it's a leave good start. no trace. Roll down everyone's window. Walk. Walk. I mean, look at we're in Yellowstone. Being stuck in traffic with a with bison. And friendly cars pretty much an everyday occurrence, right? I mean, if we're not stuck in a bison jam, I feel something's wrong. Well, you know, have leave no trace, you know, like on a weekend, volunteers up and down, roll down your window. Here's leave no trace. Are you camping in the park today? Yeah, I am camping. Leave no trace, you know? Right. Give them give something the, that give they the, could throw maybe out the give window. Give the dad a, a good luck, you know, like I'm going to you know you better leave no trace you know what i mean a little, a little intimidation um but have them do something something you know um or you know like you know i don't know i there you know with with the with the amount of more people that are coming out into the national forest into our national parks state parks uh wilderness areas there's got to be somewhere where we can connect to new people uh, who've never been experienced on the outdoors before, who deserve to be out there, who deserve to go camping under the stars, who deserve to go hiking, who, des who deserve to see beautiful things, um, to, to just let them know, say, hey, glad you're out here, but um, just just kind of heads up. Here's, uh, here's, how, here's how the outdoor works. And sometimes Mother Nature doesn't really care about you being a first-timer. So, <laughs> so be prepared. Here's some unwritten rules that Mother Nature would like you to have because sometimes she can be a class A bitch. You know, maybe it's less padded and more direct response to to uh, what could happen. And maybe that that is the liaison to get people a little bit more ahead of the game thinking, ooh, maybe it could happen to me. Well, I, I think there are some solutions out there. And if you guys have some, we'd love to hear you guys post on our Facebook group um, about this topic and, and, and offer up your ideas and, and comment. And we'd love to we'd love to hear from all of you guys. So thank you guys so much for listening. If you enjoy the podcast and would like to show some love, go to trustedtrailpodcast.com and click on our merch link. We have partnered with Teespring, which now calls themselves Spring. And have created a Trusted Trail store. We have coffee cups, t-shirts, hoodies, all your favorite sayings. Embrace the suck being one of them. 
shout out to our lovely and amazing Facebook members. Uh, we love the discussion this week on hiking partner arguments. I thought that was awesome. Uh, we really appreciate uh, all the activity on our Facebook page or our Facebook group. And of course, our patrons who uh, we couldn't do it without you and help support the podcast. Uh, Angela Salas, Kim Caverman, Brother Bear, Jalang, E.J. Newell, Becky Wenger, Helene Prophet, Ted Jones, Bob Esser, Jeff Nyman, Danny Bowen, Jack Masters, Amy Tappendorf, Lisa Pruitt, Mike Pellet, Brad Wolf, Suzanne Johnson, Gary Busia, John Phillips, Shirley Nutt, Rick Hornick, Jessica Wolfen, Ethan Corona, Journal Ann Crack, Suzanne Adams, Jill Ryder, Kevin Frost, and Reverend Gina Purcell. Thank you guys so much for all your support. If you don't know what Patreon is, it's a secure platform that lets you support your favorite content creators. All you need to do is create an account. Just go to Trust the Trail Podcast and as little as $2 a month, get special benefits for exclusive content. Of course, our podcasts are always available on all your favorite podcatchers, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon, Google Play, all the big ones. If we're not on one that you particularly listen to, shoot me an email. I will make sure our podcast is on there for you. You can also follow us on Instagram and our Trust the Trail Facebook page. So remember, everybody, the whole world listening to our podcast right now, everybody deserves to go outdoors. Everyone. There's just a few things that are also important to remember that you, when you go out there, you do have a ripple effect that follows you. But all in all, the trail gives you everything you need. So trust the trail. Yeah.